You're listening to Give Your Life Away, a devotional podcast from Canyon Bible Church of Prescott designed to equip you with the truth of God's Word and encourage you in the pursuit of ascribing glory to Jesus Christ. Today on the Give Your Life Away podcast, we come to a warning that Timothy is given by Paul about what's going to happen in Timothy's church in the future. 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 5 says this, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons, through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from food that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good. And nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God in prayer. As I mentioned in the last section, Paul is warning Timothy and subsequently Timothy's church about some sober upcoming realities. Paul tells his young disciple that the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through, and that's a key word, the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who, first, forbid marriage, and second, require abstinence from food that God created to be received with thanksgiving for those who believe and know the truth. Paul says that some will abandon the Christian faith, get this, because of false teaching. He wants the church ready for this. And Paul even states that the type of false teaching that crops up will lure people away. These false teachers, by the way, have no shame. They are liars. Their consciences are not troubled in the least bit when they lure people away. Instead of focusing people in the church on Christ and his glorious ministry and the freedom that is found in him, they seek to make their own disciples who follow after their own opinions about food and marriage in this context. In some way, these false teachers were going to forbid marriage which God gave as a good gift to the world. And they were going to put restraints on people's diets. The New Testament speaks highly of marriage, and it speaks highly of enjoying foods that God has given, like in this passage. Today, when false teaching enters a church, it starts with people who try to influence others that what they are enjoying is sinful, when the scripture itself does not make that prohibition. Now, False teachers or people who mislead other Christians intentionally and unintentionally would always argue that they're seeking to help these weaker brothers and sisters. Of course they would say that, but that doesn't mean that they are helping them. My ears perk up when I hear of someone in my church or another Christian who influences my people who is known for all that they avoid. They avoid certain foods for reasons that they will then link to spirituality. And then they try to get other people to stop eating those foods in the name of discipleship, when in reality, it's legalism. When I hear people telling the sheep under my care that they shouldn't have a TV, or that they shouldn't send their kids to this or that type of school, or that they shouldn't marry because of this or that unbiblical reason, or that they shouldn't fill in the blank, I take notice. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 14. I'm going to read a couple paragraphs here in Romans 14 just to get this in our head because I don't think this is understood in a lot of contexts. Romans 14, starting in verse 14, 
It says, as for the one who is weak in faith. Now I'll remind you, this is a person who wasn't sure that they could eat the meat that the Gentile believers were eating. He's called a weak brother. As for the one who's weak in the faith, welcome him. This doesn't happen in a lot of churches. We look at the one weak in faith and say, come on, you can eat whatever you want. Come on, just just, just enjoy the freedom Christ gives you. And we start to pound this weaker brother. As for the one who's weak in the faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the, on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. So the, the, the opposite is true also. You've got a weak brother who says, well, I can't eat this or that, or I'm not going to eat this or that for spiritual reasons. The Bible tells him, God the Spirit tells him, you don't look down on the one who is eating and enjoying that Christian liberty. So both of you cool your jets. Both of you quit looking down on the other person. Notice that phrase, because God has welcomed him. Verse 4 says this in chapter 14. I think I said earlier that I was going to read Romans 14 starting in verse 14. I meant starting in verse 1. Here we come to verse 4 of chapter 14 in Romans. And he says this, Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld because the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than the other, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. So you may have someone who still believes the Sabbath is more special than the others, where another person says, I think all days are created equally. Paul's saying each one should have their position based on their own conviction, convinced in their own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in the honor of the Lord. Now, again, we know from the rest of the New Testament that the the Sabbath was a shadow of things to come. We no longer observe the Sabbath. But for the weak brother that was still observing the Sabbath, he was doing it as a way to honor the Lord. And the Lord seems to, in this passage, allow him to keep doing that. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, again, this would now be the strong brother again. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord. The Lord has allowed me to eat this. It's not sin to eat this anymore. I am going to eat it and in in, in that way give honor to the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, weak brother, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Then in verse 10, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all, we will all, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us will give account of himself to God. For all of us in the church, 
beware of becoming the referee who throws penalty flags when people enjoy Christian liberties differently than you do. In fact, beware is too weak of a command. Don't be that referee. Trust in the Spirit of God that is in another believer, whether they are weak or strong, whether they will not enjoy certain liberties or whether they do enjoy certain liberties. Trust in the Spirit of God that is in them to work in their hearts ways to apply the actual commands of the Bible. Let the Lord judge them. Now, you might be asking, but aren't we to rebuke people when necessary? And aren't we to help them grow into the image of Christ? Yes, we rebuke actual sin. So when a person in your church starts becoming romantically involved and talks about marrying an unbeliever, that's actual sin that needs to be rebuked. But we don't rebuke someone when they do something that we've chosen not to do. We avoid certain things for a spiritual reason. Now, just because someone else doesn't avoid that same thing does not make them any less spiritual. I'm going to read those two sentences again. We avoid certain things for spiritual reasons. Just because someone else doesn't avoid that thing does not make them any less spiritual. They're different from us. If you have questions about how this applies in your context, I'd invite you to speak to one of your pastors or read Romans 14 a few times. Go through it slowly. Think through it. Understand its context. I close with where we begin. False teaching can lure people away from Christ and define their lives by new rules that they obey and new regulations that they submit to and things that they avoid. May this never be true in our churches. We must trust the Spirit in one another's lives. May we rebuke actual sin. And may we seek to build people up patiently rather than throwing penalty flags all over the place. If you've been encouraged by the Give Your Life Away podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you'll find us online at canyonprescott.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for Give Your Life Away. We are alive.